Well, you might see in the bulletin that John was supposed to preach this morning. I got a text early this morning, and John uh, has been exposed to COVID. So we decided it was best um, for him to stay home this morning. So I am offering you his words. I know what you're thinking. Here we go again. Another gospel passage about money. And no, it's not just you. This is the second gospel is in as many Sundays that begins with, there was a rich man. And to make matters worse, this time the money messaging is in stereo. Our reading from the first letter to Timothy warns against wanting to be rich and gives us the famous and famous, famously misquoted line, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And we're not even in stewardship season yet. <laughs> Today, we hear Jesus tell a story about a rich man who had everything his way in life, and a beggar named Lazarus who lay outside his gate and who had nothing, longing just for the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. This story made me think of a song by Leonard Cohen. It goes, oh, please don't pass me by. Oh, please don't pass me by. For I am blind, but you, you can see. Yes, I've been blinded totally. Oh, please, don't pass me by. It's not hard to imagine a song like that on the heart of Lazarus as he lay outside the rich man's gate, covered with song, sores, longing to satisfy his hunger. But the rich man did pass him by over and over and over again. We pass by people all the time. This story might remind us of Jesus' story about the Good Samaritan in which a man is robbed, beaten, and left for dead, and has two priests pass him by before finally the original Good Samaritan stops to help him. There is a well-known Good Samaritan experiment in which seminary students were told, with varying degrees of urgency, to go from one building to another. And on the way, they encountered a man slumped in an alleyway. Overall, only 40% of these seminarians offered to help. And it's not just people lying on the sidewalk or in alleys who we pass by. We pass by coworkers, families, friends, people among us in the pews. There are, of course, reasons for this. We might feel there's no time, or we might not want to be bothered. Perhaps we are preoccupied. Sometimes it's simply a matter of indifference. In the rich man's case, it appears he was distracted by vanity, dressed in purple and fine linen, and gluttony. He feasted sumptuously every day. From the limited, often narrow perspective of our daily lives, we can slip into an unexamined complacency about our priorities, our routines, how our time and attention is spent and directed. It's easy to lose sight of what really matters, of what kind of people we should or want to be. But sooner or later, our everyday routines, preoccupations, and mindset will be interrupted. 
interrupted by something that puts things into perspective. And in case of the rich man in this story, that thing is death. We can imagine the rich man day in and day out believing he is living his best life, a life of luxury and ease, all the while ignoring poor Lazarus outside the gate. And despite their physical proximity, a chasm, a divide, was fixed between them by the rich man's self-centeredness. But then both he and Lazarus die, and the tables are turned. One of the great themes that runs throughout the Gospel of Luke is that of reversal. It begins in chapter 1 with the Song of Mary, the Magnificat, in which Mary, the mother of Jesus, proclaims, God has cast down the mighty and lifted up the lowly, filling the hungry with good things and sending the rich away empty. And what a reversal we get here. Jesus says that when the rich man dies, he is buried, and buried well, we can assume. Jesus doesn't mention a burial for Lazarus, and indeed, he wouldn't have been buried. As a poor man, his body would have simply been burned. But the rich man who lived in luxury and was buried with dignity goes to Hades, the underworld where he is tormented in flames. And meanwhile, Lazarus, who lived in misery and whose body was burned, is carried away by the angels to be with Father Abraham. In death, as in light, a great Phasm is fixed between the two of them, but, the, but this time the rich man is on the wrong side of it. Jesus told this story as a warning to the Pharisees, the religious group he was continually coming into conflict with. Just a few verses before this story, the Gospel of Luke describes the Pharisees as lovers of money and tells us that they were ridiculing Jesus. Perhaps it is a warning to us as well, especially those of us who are materially well off by the standard of the world or even the city of Cleveland, that certainly includes me. It's a warning to us to not be stingy with our time, attention, affection, and yes, money. To those outside our gate, those who are hurting, whose hearts ache with the words, please, don't pass me by. Jesus calls us to a life of tender-heartedness and compassion. He calls us to live with an awakened and open heart, a big heart open to God and our neighbor. This calls for vulnerability and indeed true courage to allow the suffering we encounter, both in those we meet and within ourselves to touch us. Pope Francis talks about creating a culture of encounter opposed to the culture of indifference so common in our society. We help create a counter of culture when we simply do what Jesus did, not just seeing, but looking, not just hearing, but listening not just passing by, but stopping with them. Not just saying, what a shame, poor people, but allowing ourselves to be moved with compassion and then to draw near, to touch, 
and to give at least a drop of life. Ultimately, it is Christ who we encounter when we draw near in this way. Christ is present, calling us to recognize him in the poor and the rejected. In another place, he says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. For what you do for the least of these, you do for me. It is Christ who is calling out to each and every one of us and in each and every one of us. Please don't pass me by. He is the rejected stone that ends up being the foundation of our existence, our source of the life that really is life. And so as we honor Christ in our worship and draw near to encounter him in the sacrament of his body and blood, let us not neglect to draw near to him as he calls out to us from the hurting hearts of our neighbors, of strangers, of those outside our gates, and perhaps from within our own hearts. Please, don't pass me by. Amen. <laughs>